What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number three of the official DWA podcast. Just a, a few short days away from the Los Angeles Rams kicking the shit out of the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Hopefully. Um, and I don't even think hopefully, right? I think the Rams have a realistic shot of doing it, especially if they can get pressure rushing that, that amazing defensive line, that front four, which has the most quarterback pressures in the league this year, by the way. And just playing that tough man against those receivers. Um, I really think they, they have a legitimate shot at winning this thing. At least I hope so. Um, and more importantly, for us anyway, for us Dolphins, what's going to happen immediately after that Super Bowl, and that's we are going to go ahead and officially hire Brian Flores as our new head coach. I'm excited. You know, I, I spoke, uh, I think, on episode one or maybe probably every episode so far, just specifically talking about how I really would love a defensive-minded head coach. I, I think that's really what we need, and I think um, that that's kind of the future of Miami going forward, you know, especially in, in a division where these other teams have already invested in these young quarterbacks like a Sam Darnold, like a Josh Allen. Um, they're going to try to continue to bring in offensive minds to develop them, you know, with their current coaching staff or even their next regime if they go ahead and move on from the ones they have at some point in the next few years. And then with the inevitable retirement of Tom Brady, you know, at his age, it can't be that far off. Um, the Patriots are going to end up doing the same thing. So having a successful defensive-minded head coach, uh, I think, is going to be the future just to, to run our division well. And I really think it's what is going to be more successful in the NFL as a whole. Like, I, I really truly believe that defense wins championships. Um, when we were a great team, we were a great defense. And it's no coincidence that when we haven't had a great defense, we hadn't been there. I mean, even look at Patriots over the years, as much as me and, and probably anybody else that actually knows the game of football, will give the credit to Bill Belichick, um, not Tom Brady for, for all those wins and for all the, the great seasons and the Super Bowls. Because when you look at the, just the way they, they play the game, I mean, I think it's clearly a coaching thing, not an individual player thing, but when they haven't had great defenses, they haven't been anywhere near successful, especially in the playoffs. And if you look back, even some of the Super Bowl wins, I remember, you know, one game Rodney Harrison won Super Bowl, had like 10 or 11 tackles, uh, like two interceptions, a sack, like just crazy numbers. I mean, Teddy Bruschi, uh, I think actually may still have the record for interceptions as a linebacker. They've had just numerous really good players in their secondary. I mean, even that, that Super Bowl run where they had Darrell Revis back there, like just having that that really good hard nosed defense is what's helped them win. And there's even been times when they've had not necessarily the best defense yardage wise, but the top scoring defense, right? Like Belichick doesn't give a shit about where they're ranked number one, number two, what anything like that. But having that scoring defense has propelled them to a lot of wins uh, in a lot of big games. So hopefully Brian Flores can bring that same mentality to Miami. Um, just a little bit about kind of his history. So he was a starting linebacker at Boston College for a couple of years. So he does really understand the position and what it takes to win there. And initially, he joined the NFL as a personnel guy. Like, I think he was either a scout or an assistant scout or something along those lines. So, you know, I, I actually listened to an interview where he thought that his kind of final path in the NFL was going to end with him being a general manager. That was actually his goal initially. So. You know, I'm a fan of that, right? Like personnel is is so, so, so important. You'll look at, we'll go back a little bit to, to 
the Cam Cameron year to the Tony Sperano first year, right? That that gap in between there. We had 44 new players on the 53-man roster, and you see all saw the result, right? 10 additional wins from that. I'm a true believer in having the right people for the job. And that's that's really anything, right? Not just football, but, but kind of everywhere in life. Like having the right talent and the right people and the people that have the right mindset and the attitude and want to learn and want to win and want, and want to come together is super, super important. So hopefully you bring some of that to Miami. Hopefully we can make some more well-informed decisions in the draft. Um, the last few years, we've, we've had some hits and we've had some misses. You know, I, I think Minka... Fitzpatrick last year was was probably a hit. I think Charles Harris, maybe the year before that, hasn't really shown that he was so far. So just kind of food for thought. But I think that's going to be very important. So stepping into kind of his history with the Patriots, he's been there, I think, 11 years now. Uh, their defenses have been pretty damn good during that time. Again, not always, you know, top in the league, but usually top in scoring, which is super important. And not for nothing, right? Like, they've had a lot of turnover, especially some of the skill positions. I mean, you look at, they lose a guy like Chandler Jones, and he can still generate a pass rush. You know, they lose a guy like Gerard Mayo, who was a, a stud, you know, in that linebacking court forever, and don't really seem to fall off. It seems like they change out, you know, people in their secondary every year, like brought in McCourty this year. You know, Malcolm Butler's gone. Um, before Malcolm Butler, it was, you know, Darrell Revis was back there. Gilmore's there. And, it, like, just, it, they continue to, to put that out there, um, just a great defensive package overall. And they've been masters at kind of finding role players for certain things. Like they have guys that only come on the field to pass rush. They have guys that only come in the field to eat space on running plays. Um, they have guys that, that only come in to, to play that nickel man position. They have guys that are only there for being good at their zones. So they really have, have just been, I mean, like most things Belichick does, right? Great um, in the details over the years. And hopefully Flores can bring that. I mean, when you look at just as much as we hate the Patriots, just being objective for a minute, you look at some of the success they've had, especially over the last really decade, but I mean, almost almost two decades now. Why wouldn't you want to look at people that have been with that team as long as a guy like Brian Flores has when you're looking at people for your next coaching staff and, you know, hopefully people that are going to be there for a long time and build a dynasty with their team. So... I'm overall happy with the hire. Um, I think that hopefully he's going to bring that that hard-nosed tenacity and that everyone do their job kind of mentality to the team. You know, we didn't necessarily see it when the Lions took Matt Patricia this year away from New England. So hopefully we, we do see it with, with Flores. Um, you know, nothing's a guarantee, but I do feel very good about this hire in general. Um, and Probably a little bit of that's just because, thank God, we picked a defensive guy instead of an offensive guy. But for all the other reasons I just mentioned, I think it's a, a very strong hire. And I think we're already starting to see kind of some some good decisions come out of it. So, for example, the current Patriots wide receiver coach looks like he's going to step into the role as our offensive coordinator. That's not confirmed. I think Sun Sentinel reported on it uh, a couple days ago. But it, it's looking like that's going to happen. And I'll tell you what, you know, not knowing much about – his overall offensive philosophy, philosophy or schemes or anything like that. Philosophy, I can speak better than that. Um, just you look at the hustle and the, and the toughness and the grit that some of these Patriots receivers have had, um, and just the way they play the game. Like even you look at guys like Chris Hogan, who, you know, it, it's our fault that he's a Patriot to begin with, right? We should have held on to him. But when you look at just guys like Edelman, Eamon Dola, Wes Welker, like guys that have went to that team and 
really kind of transformed their careers. You know, a lot of these guys are, are people that, you know, with a different coaching staff, you may not have ever heard from again. I mean, Amendola himself, you know, was nobody special before he got there. Um, but what they what they teach those guys and how hard they hustle and how well they they run their routes and, and how well they run that tree and just how much they work on every little thing is, is I mean, quite frankly, it's something we don't have. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I don't know how many times I've been extremely frustrated over the last few years, just watching a play that shouldn't have been there because of a little bit of extra effort. You know, had they taken that extra step, had they dove for that ball, had they held on, had they, you know, lowered their shoulder into that tackle, had they just done their job a little bit better with a little more effort and a little bit of better execution, we'd be in a completely different position in, in a lot of these games, right? A lot of games we lost because of one play or because of one blown coverage or because of one missed block or one slip tackle or, or whatever it is. So, Hopefully that's a mindset that both these guys can bring to Miami. And, I mean, it's a mindset, A, we really need, but B, we can be extremely, extremely successful with. So, you know, obviously a lot of these things that we're talking about, the reason they haven't fully hit home yet is just because they can't, you know, with the Patriots still in the run for the Super Bowl and all that going on right now, we can't officially make the hire of Flores, which means he can't officially start pulling his people and, and implementing things. So either way, that's going to happen Monday morning after the Super Bowl is over. Hopefully that's after the Patriots lose the Super Bowl. But it is what it is. Either way, we're, we're going to get our guy. Going forward, you know, I, I hope we see a different team. I hope we see a tougher team. I hope we see a greater mindset. I hope we see better execution. I, I mean, personally, I think that uh, our defense needs help. You know, and I mean, obviously, our defense needs help. A blind man could see that. But I think in, I'm talking personnel now, right? So not just scheme, but personnel. And as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, you know, Flores did enter the league as a personnel guy. But some of the some of the spots were, were really struggling. So I don't want to talk about linebacker at all. You know, I, I think that Raekwon and Baker are just, they're studs. They're young. I think they're already really good. And I think having a guy who played the position um, who coached linebackers for so long is just going to be, I mean, icing on the cake with them. I, I, I expect great things to come from them. Kiko, we'll see what happens. Um, we got to figure something out. Just, uh, you know, I'm not saying he's a bad player. Um, a lot of times we try to use him in coverage way too much. And quite frankly, he's not that great at it. You know, if he wants to run the zone thing, that's fine. But man to man, Kiko's just a liability. He's a playmaker. Uh, he flies all over the field. You know, I definitely have good things to say about him. Just uh, as the guy that's supposed to stand out amongst our linebacking core, I don't know if he does. He's definitely different than the other two in terms of what he brings to the table. Um, I'm just more concerned about what we can do when it comes to a linebacker that can actually drop into coverage and stuff like that if we need him to. Especially, I mean, you see how bad we've been burned by tight ends the last couple of years. And not just Gronkowski, like even Clay really put it to us in that game against the Bills this year. So just a, a thought there, you know, when it comes to safety, hopefully uh, the coaching change means we're going to hold on to Rashad Jones and let him play more of his natural strong safety position where he was a perennial pro, pro bowler and probably the best, if not one of the best safeties in the league. Maybe that'll allow us to get a little bit more out of TJ McDonald. Maybe we try to switch some some schemes up to maybe drop Minka back into that free safety position and bring McDonald in as like a 
a hybrid like coverage safety linebacker type deal on on some nickel plays or some some dime plays something along those lines you know i don't know howard uh, we don't have to talk about howard howard's great you know i've i've heard some trade rumors over the last couple days which quite frankly would make me pull my hair out if that happens i'm hoping flores is a little bit smarter than that and isn't trying to move on from howard um i think we could get a lot in terms of draft picks and things like that from Howard, but I don't know if we could net anything in the draft that would be worth Howard. I just, I think he's already a top five corner in the NFL. You know, it, it sucks that he had the knee issue this year and he, he missed a couple games, but I, I really don't want to move on from Howard. I don't think anybody on the team does. You know, he, he's our standout defensive player right now. On the other side, uh, we'll see. You know, I don't know what we're going to really do to cement that other corner position. I mean, McCain was just, again, a liability this year. He got his ass beat up and down the field, particularly the Texans game, but the the Bengals game is what really stands out to me. I just, him and uh, McIntyre just, 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 I mean, quite frankly, were outplayed consistently on just about every play and, and by a wide margin, right? And not just by, you know, obviously A.J. Green's a Bengal, but at pretty much every receiver that lined up against them trashed him. And burned him down the field. So we, we got to figure something out there. Maybe that means moving Minka into that corner two spot. Maybe. Um, I don't know if he's quite there yet. He's played really, really well in the nickel, for sure. Maybe one of the better nickels in the league last year. But a lot of that might have had to do with the fact that they could easily just throw at McCain and didn't have to worry about it. Right? So we'll see. I would love to bring in some more competition, maybe in the draft. Uh, at that that second corner spot, but only time will tell there. Um, and then you get to the D line. So, just talking about ends for a second. I mean, having Willie Hayes back, I think would be a big boost to the team. You know, Robert Quinn played well last year. His cap number is pretty big this year. I, I do expect him to be back, but I don't know if he'll be here long term after the season. Wake, we all love. He's our guy. He's getting old. I mean. You know, when Gaze first came in, he made the mistake of trying to tell Waco he's a part-time player now. Uh, I don't know if Flores is going to do that, um, but Wake's play at some point is going to earn him that role if he decides to stay with the team long-term. Um, he can he still has the moves to rush the passer. Uh, he's just, I don't know how much gas he has left in the tank to be an every-down guy, especially against the run on some of these bigger plays. So, I mean, Willie Hayes being back again is going to help. But what are we going to do on the other side? I don't know if Charles Harris is the answer. I really don't. And we kind of drafted him to be that that heir to Wake in, in terms of the pass rushing game. And just, I mean, quite frankly, he's been buried on the depth chart. So we shall see what happens. I would love for Harris to finally step up and emerge. I, I'm not going to hold my breath. Like at this point, it's been a couple seasons already. You know, when you talk about a guy like Devontae Parker on the other side of the ball, you say, like, oh, he's shown flashes, but he's never put the whole game together. We haven't even really seen those type of flashes from Harris. There's been good plays here and there, but he's shown nothing to make us think that he is even has the talent to be an every-down starter in the league. So maybe he just becomes a pass-rushing guy. Maybe, you know, Flores can work with him and, and, and find something there. Um, but as of right now, he's looking pretty bust-worthy to me. Anyway, moving to the interior of the defensive line, this is where I think we really need some help. You know, I don't see a standout player on the roster, quite frankly. You know, and even when we cut Jordan Phillips last year, he was probably one of the better players that was 
on the line. You know, I like Godshaw. Um, maybe I like him because he's he's the the best we have, and we can do better. I I don't know. However, uh, this year the draft is heavy in talent on the D line. So, assuming we don't draft a quarterback, which you know I talked kind of in depth about, and there's a lot of reports saying that we don't think we will this year and that we're really aiming towards the 2020 draft to, to try to grab our guy. Um, so assuming we don't draft a quarterback this year, I would love for that pick to go to the D-line. You know, I really wanted Vita Vea last year to come in at D-line, especially with Sue leaving, and, which I still think is a mistake. Stu, Sue's tearing it up out there in L.A. I mean, it's hard not to tear it up when you're playing next to the best player in football and Aaron Donald, but still. Um, we didn't land Vita Vea. We got Minka. It is what it is. But we still have a big hole to fix there, and our run defense shows it. You know, despite Raekwon and Jerome Baker being monsters against the run, our run D was still not great last year, and a lot of it had to do with not having that pressure up front, which, again, Hayes coming back will help, but we still need a big space-eating bad motherfucker in the middle of that D-line. So hopefully Flores has a plan. I mean, I'm sure he has some type of plan, but hopefully he can get some personnel in there. You know, he can go out and find some guys that he's worked with before or that he has a lot of faith in or talent-wise and has been watching for a little bit to come in and kind of help this defense, even if they're just in role-player positions, as long as they're fitting the need and he knows how to plug them in and pull them out when need be. And then switching over to the offense, you know, look, offensive-wise, we know our holes very clearly. Their interior line and quarterback, you know, exterior line, you know, James is, he's fine. We don't need to do anything there. We just re-signed him. Um, Tunsil on the other side when he's healthy is fine. That that interior line is still very questionable. Um, you know, we had some injuries last year, which seems to be the story every freaking year. But we got to do something to make sure we're cementing both guard positions and the center position. And we got to do it now, not wait around the training camp and hope somebody emerges. Like, do what it takes. Go out and spend the money if it's bringing in a free agent. S trade up. Get that guy in a the draft. There's a... There's a guy coming out of Ohio State whose name I cannot remember right now, who's an interesting prospect uh, for, for maybe a potential center or a guard who he declared, and I think he's potentially looked at as like a third-round pick right now, but has a ton of upside. Uh, just go out and find it, right? Like being a personnel guy, I think Flores can really hit in the draft in these later rounds. And if you look at these teams that are consistently successful, that's what they're doing. They're hitting in the draft, right? And, and not just in the first round, but the second, third, fourth, like that's where you can really build a team if you do your due diligence. So hopefully with his background, he's going to do that. Receivers, an interesting kind of kind of question right now. You know, we have Parker for this year. We did pick up the fifth year option. We're not going to cut him this year. Like he's he's going to be on the team. But what do we do with him? We'll see now if it really was just an Adam Gase thing and not knowing how to use him. Uh, I, I know we all know he has the talent. Where his head is, where his health is, where his dedication is, is something different. So maybe that's something Flores can bring to the team. We'll see. Uh, I would expect Amendola's stock to go up a lot with you know his old wide receiver coach coming in, with, with Flores coming in. I think that he's going to be a much bigger part of the offense than he was last year. We're going to get our boy Albert Wilson back, who was straight balling before he had the injury. Um, I'm very, very, very excited to get Albert Wilson back. Um, when we brought in Bryce Butler last year from the Cowboys, he he had a couple good games for us down the stretch. Um, you know, we still have Kenny Stills for now. You know, I, again, I, anybody who knows me knows I've never been a big fan of Kenny Stills. 
Yes, I get it. He's a speed guy that can stretch the field. I think Jakeem Grant can do that, if not as good as Stills, maybe even better. I, and I'm a big Jakeem Grant fan, and I, I'd love to see him. You know, he, he kind of started to emerge with a bigger role in the offense last year before the injury. I'd love to see a lot more of him this year. And quite frankly, I don't think Kenny Stills is worth what we're paying him. I believe this is the last year of his contract, so I could very easily see us trying to either trade him or, or I don't know, maybe even just straight up cutting him. I don't know. But I, I don't expect Kenny Stills to be back in 2020. That's all I can say. Like, if he is a Dolphin this whole year, I think this will be the last year. But I could very easily see us trying to ship him out to a team while, you know, he has some value and he's still under contract. And when I think of that, I think of, uh, I mean, there's a lot of teams, I think, Cleveland, maybe, you know what I mean, to go out there with Jarvis Landry. They, they need a, another receiver, a deep guy for Mayfield to throw to. Maybe, uh, you know, a team like the Niners. I know they're in the Antonio Brown sweepstakes, but. I don't. I just. I think there's an opportunity for us to move on from him and get some value while we can, especially with Grant and Wilson coming back healthier. And I'd rather, you know, I'd rather pay Grant a couple extra dollars to stick around. Let's play with Devontae Parker. You know, decide what we're going to do there, which again is most likely going to be moving on from him. But even if we did lose both those guys and we head in with Amendola, Albert Wilson, Jakeen Grant, Bryce Butler. You know, I think Carew's career, you know, we could pick up Carew's extension cheap. Like if he's still on roster, we could re-sign him. But maybe go after a true number one guy in the draft. Maybe late later rounds or maybe next year, you know, after we decide to move on from Parker and we have a little bit more of a setting of what we're going to do. I, I don't expect any huge splashes in free agency or anything like that this year. I think this year is going to be a lot about signing some role players getting the offense installed, getting the personnel groupings installed, getting the plays and stuff that we want. And then I do expect that, you know, 2020, we go after a potentially new quarterback, maybe bring in a big playmaking receiver or something like that. Uh, quarterback or tight end. Let me start tight end. So tight end, I mean, man, tight end has been a thorn in our asses for a long, long time, right? Like the last consistent tight end that we've had was probably David Martin. That's how far back you. Yeah, you could. I mean, you could say Fasano um, for that little stretch with with Tony Sperano and those guys, but it, we just haven't hit on this position. You know, Ignu was supposed to be that guy, and he never turned into shit. Chaziki, I was super super high on last year, and I mean, you guys saw the result of that. Shout out to Chaziki though, uh, cool dude. I, I, his parents come and tailgate with us at E12. I saw him in Green Bay. Awesome people. I really hope that he turns into the guy I think he can be and becomes a big piece of this offense. And with some Patriot guys coming in there, we've known they've always done very well with tight ends. You know, Gronkowski, Ben Watson, when he was there for a little bit. Um, you go back to, I mean, Hernandez, maybe the most talented player I've ever seen on that team. The kid could ball. Like, they, they've been very, very good with some of these fullback tight end positions for a long time. And maybe some of that Patriot mentality coming in can, can help. And maybe even, you know, that... That, that coaching, like I, like I talked about with the, the receivers coach who's going to be taking over as offensive coordinator, like just that extra step, that extra hustle, that extra, you know, execution um, is something just like he can learn from. I really want him to be a big piece of this offense. I do. And then behind him, I mean, there's not much, you know, Gray's there. He hasn't shown anything that says he can be a consistent starter as much as he's a great guy. Um, we just, it's not there. Maybe we try to make a play for a more experienced guy that's out there just to, to step in. Um, 
I don't know. I, I think Jaziki is the future for us. Hopefully, I still hope that. Um, I still think it's very possible. We just we have to see it. Like he needs to take a big step forward this year. Quarterback, I discussed that at length on episode one. We don't really got to get into that right now. I do think as this this progresses and more info comes out about who we're signing, what their plans are, and things like that, maybe there's a realistic shot that we keep Tannehill at a much lower salary if he agrees to it. Um, but that's neither here nor there. You guys can listen to episode one if you really want to hear about quarterbacks. And running back, I mean, you know the deal. I think Drake is our guy. I think he needs a lot more touches than he got before. I think just their offense in general needs a lot more volume. I mean, you look at last year, Tannehill was averaging like 23 passes a game before the injury or something like that. Like, just not a lot of volume in general. Um, there is talk that Frank Gore wants to come back. If he can continue to perform at the level he performed last year, I have no issue with that at all, Frank Gore being a number two. But I would like to see Kalen Ballage get some more balls. Um, I would like to see us maybe institute a real fullback position, and maybe that's Gray that steps into that role. I, I don't know. But I, I'm, I'm sick of these games where Kenyon Drake ends with eight carries and six receptions. Like, he needs to touch the ball 20, 25, potentially 30 times a game. In my opinion, he's just he's a he's a game breaker. No, I don't think he's a guy that should touch the ball twenty times between the tackles. I think we need to to spread him out more, get him outside, get him inside, get him catching some passes. But I do think that he needs a lot more touches than we've been giving him. Just quite frankly, like I think he can be one of those better backs in the league. You know, top ten back potentially when he gets those touches. But it's never going to happen if he doesn't get it. You know, I look at a guy like Shaquan Barkley in uh in new york and i get it he was a rookie last year um and i'm not saying that drake is even as good as he is but when you look at just the sheer volume of touches he had and what he was able to do with it you know drake's been able to bust off some big plays despite touching the ball 10 to 15 times a game just imagine what he could do with an extra 10 to 15 touches i just i i think it's there i really do um the talent's there let's let's get him the goddamn ball so, I mean, overall, that's really it. Like, I'm super excited about Flores. I think um, once he officially takes over and talks a little bit more about his philosophy, I think we can start to kind of mold what our draft is going to look like a little bit more. Um, I'm interested to see, you know, how, how he talks about some of the players of the team. Like, I think immediately, you know, right away, he's going to talk up Raekwon McMillan. He's going to talk up Jerome Baker. But pay close attention to some of the higher paid players in the league, like Akiko Alonso, like potentially a Devontae Parker, right? Pay very close attention to the comments he makes when he takes over. It should tell you, you know, what his plan is with some of these guys. I think that some of them are going to play out their contracts and move on. I think some of them are, are, are going to be potentially on the trading block. And uh, what he says about Tannehill is going to be damning. So pay extremely close attention to that. We'll learn if we can potentially run with him this year at a much lower salary or if we're going to just try to stop gap something, move on from him completely. Um, if we're going to try to draft a quarterback this year or if the rumors are true and we're shooting closer for 2020. So either way, um, I hope everybody has fun this weekend. I hope everybody watches the Super Bowl, gets drunk, whatever the hell your, your twist is. I hope the Rams annihilate the Patriots. I hope Aaron Donald gets four sacks and ends Tom Brady's career and Belichick runs off crying. I've always kind of had a soft spot in my heart for the Rams, you know, watching the greatest show on turf and Marshall Falk when I was younger. Um, of course, fins up always. But I really, really hope just the city of L.A. riots after they win the Super Bowl and New England goes home with their tail between their legs. There's a chance this is Gronkowski's last game. You know, he said he's uncertain about what he wants to do in the future. 
Brady's talking very highly that he's going to come back. You know, we'll see what happens when you have Indomitian Sue and Aaron Donald weighing down on you in the Super Bowl. I really think the strategy here is to just beat them the hell up. I think it's hit hard, hit often, play that that tight man coverage, always pressing on the line, rush that front four. I mean, they have four first round picks on the defensive line. And Dante Fowler has been really good since he's got there. But Brockers has been good. Aaron Donald, best player in football. And Dominican Sue, future Hall of Famer. And, and he's played well in the offseason, or the, the season, the offseason, postseason. Uh, I, I, I just, you, the, the methodology of beating the, the Patriots offense has always been hit them hard, outplay them in, in man coverage, and get pressure rushing your front four on the defensive side. We saw it with the Giants when they beat them in the Super Bowl. Twice, really. Um, I don't know a better team in the league to do that than the Rams. I mean, they got pressure on over 40% of snaps this year of passing plays. They got pressure on the QB. That's just a ridiculous number. I mean, Aaron Donald from a defensive tackle position led the league in sacks. Insanity, right? These This team can do it. Um, I, I think some some predictions on offense, they're going to have to run the ball and run it a lot. I think C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley get a ton of catches. I think Tyler Higbee uh, catches a lot of short balls. I, I don't think they're going to try to go downfield super quick on the Patriots, even though I, I think Brandon Cooks could do it. I think McVay is going to be super smart about moving the ball effectively, burning some clock time, and don't be surprised if they do some crazy shit. Don't be surprised if they're going for it on fourth and long. Don't be surprised if they're, they're opening kickoff, whether it's open the second half or the beginning of the game as an onside kick. Don't be surprised if there's a lot of fakes and crazy plays. Maybe Aaron Donald comes in as a, as a running back on the goal line and it, it, whatever. Uh, I think Sean McVay is going to pull out all the stops. I think this is his chance to cement himself as a, as a great coach. Um, I think there's a legitimate shot they can win this game. And I know just like all of you, I'm hoping the Patriots lose and get their asses kicked. So next time you'll be hearing from you guys, we're going to have a new head coach. Hopefully a whole new coaching staff is installed, ready to go. Um, but other than that, it's cold as shit up here in Chicago. Try to stay warm for those of you across the country. Have a couple drinks, get ready to watch the Super Bowl. And I'll see you next time. Fins up.